Hello, hello, hello. What a blessing and honor for each of you to join us on this special day for the Hour of Excellence. The theme is, it's about our children, our outstanding dignitaries who are destined for greatness. Let's continue to love and pray for our children because they are truly someone special. Please enjoy today's presentation. Hey! I don't know about you, but when I'm happy, I like to do a little dance. Put a big smile on your face. Do a little happy dance. Happy dance. Today is such a beautiful day. Do a little happy dance. Happy dance. Now jump, jump, everybody jump, jump. Do a little happy dance. Happy dance. Now jump, jump, everybody jump, jump. Do a little happy dance. Happy dance. Put a big smile on your face. Do a little happy dance. Astronomy is one of the oldest sciences in the world. The study of astronomy involves all of the objects outside Earth's atmosphere. These include the sun, moon, planets, stars, galaxies, and all other matter in the universe. People known as astronomers have studied these objects for thousands of years. sun it's hot and bright at night it's gone I put my helmet on I take my rocket ship I want to fly up high so I can say hello sun 
of the universe's objects are located in galaxies. The galaxies are huge groups of stars along with gas and dust. Some galaxies contain as many as a trillion stars. The smaller galaxies may have fewer than a million stars. The planet Earth is located in a galaxy called the Milky Way. One of the stars in that galaxy is the sun. Earth and the other planets revolve around the sun. Satellites or moons revolve around the planets. Smaller objects, asteroids, and comets also orbit the sun. All of these bodies make up the solar system. Astronomers study the universe in different ways. Some are professionals, meaning that they make their living at work. Others study objects in space as a hobby. They are known as amateur astronomers. Some astronomers work in laboratories. There they study actual samples of objects that have been collected by spacecraft. These include meteorites, rock samples from the moon, and dust particles. Many astronomers observe distance objects with the help of telescopes. Telescopes range in size. Some are small enough to be carried by hand. Large telescopes are often housed in buildings known as observatories. The Hubble Space Telescope 
is in orbit around Earth as a floating observatory. The Hubble magnifies and records images of distant objects. It then sends the information to astronomers on Earth. Other manned and unmanned spacecraft also have gathered information about the sun, moon, and planets. Astronomers also use cameras and other instruments to record information about distant objects. Photographs provide astronomers with a visual record of their observations. Other instruments can help reveal faint, hard-to-detect objects in outer space. These instruments measure the light and other radiation coming from the objects. Thousands of years ago, there were no calendars or clocks. People kept track of time by watching the sun and the stars. It was important for them to know the time in order to sow their crops and reap their harvest. These people were the first astronomers. classified in groups? Yes, there are some specific types of stars. 
the red dwarf stars. They are relatively smaller in size compared to the other stars and therefore they burn at a lower temperature which helps them have a long sustainable life. Some say a trillion years. Nearly 70% of the stars in the universe are red dwarf stars. But hey, since they don't shine so bright, it gets difficult for humans to see them with naked eyes. The yellow stars. These are medium-sized stars and therefore burn at a medium temperature. There are yellow dwarf stars as well that are not giant stars. Our sun is one of them. These stars become quite large just before they completely start running out of fuel. The sun too will completely lose its fuel someday. But don't worry, that won't happen before 5 billion years. Blue Giant Stars As the name suggests, these are big stars and hence burn at a high temperature, leaving them with a short span of life, from 10,000 to 100,000 years. Most of the stars you see in the sky are blue giant stars. When these stars die, unlike other stars, they don't shrink but explode. And this type of explosion illuminates the entire sky. There are all sorts of other stars, like giant and super giant stars, which are extremely big, have the shortest lifespan, and shine the brightest. Trivia time! Every star that you see in the sky is actually bigger than the sun. Proxima Centauri, a red dwarf star, is the nearest star to Earth after the sun. So, remember the question I asked you? How many stars do you think are there in the universe? Well, the answer is a hundred billion. Isn't that a shocker? <laughs> I can see stars in your eyes. So this is me zooming out. Tune in next time for more fun facts. The Mysteries of the Universe Written by Will Gator Illustrated by Angela Risa and Daniel Long Our atmosphere might only be a thin veil of gas that clings to our planet, but it allows us to live here, and it is where many beautiful celestial sights, such as meteors and auroras, are created. When we look up on a clear day, the sky glows a vibrant shade of blue. This is because the gases in the air scatter the bluer colors in the sunlight. When night falls, we can see another effect of the atmosphere, the gentle twinkling of the stars. This flickering happens because the moving air above us briefly distorts the path starlight takes to reach our eyes. Our atmosphere is mostly made up of nitrogen with smaller amounts of other gases such as oxygen and carbon dioxide. Every evening, 
as darkness falls and the sky turns from deep blue to inky black, the wider cosmos comes into view. Glittering stars fill the sky to form a sparkling backdrop for the planets that sail above our heads. Occasionally, a meteor zips across the scene, while night after night, the moon's silvery face slowly cycles through its phases. Today, astronomers use powerful telescopes to peer deep into space, enabling us to explore the very distant universe. Here, there are billions of galaxies, each full of countless stars. Perhaps in one of them, there's someone else looking up marveling at the magic of their own twinkling night sky. Meteors. Have you ever spotted a shooting star? These fleeting streaks of light are formed when a tiny piece of space dust, usually about the size of a grain of sand, hits our atmosphere. The flecks of dust themselves are strewn throughout the solar system and when they collide with earth some are traveling at speeds as fast as 150,000 miles per hour. As the dust crashes into our atmosphere it squashes the air causing the gas in front of it to heat up. In a split second the dusty grain begins glowing and is quickly vaporized as it races across the sky. This is what we see as a shooting star, or to use its scientific name, a meteor. Meteor showers. When meteors streak from the same point in the sky occur when Earth passes through a trail of dust left behind by a comet or asteroid. Meteorites. Sometimes a space rock is so big that if it hits Earth's atmosphere, it can survive its fiery journey through our skies without being totally destroyed. When a chunk of cosmic debris lands on the ground, it is called a meteorite. Meteorites come in many different forms. Some are stony, while others are made mostly of metals such as iron and nickel. Scientists regularly scour deserts and other remote areas such as Antarctica looking for meteorites. This is because studying them tells us about what distant solar system objects are made of and can reveal the hidden history of the planets. Some meteorites are actually pieces of the moon and Mars. Auroras. On most evenings when darkness falls over Earth's polar regions, softly glowing curtains of light called auroras appear against the black. Sometimes these displays ripple overhead, bursting across the sky with bright, colorful rays. In the Northern Hemisphere, they are called the Northern Lights or the Aurora 
borals. And in the southern hemisphere, they are known as the southern lights, the aurora australis. These dancing strips of mostly green and red are created when Earth's magnetic field, energized by the wind flowing from our sun, tunnels charged particles into our atmosphere. We can't see them with our eyes, but as they rain down into a vast ring-shaped swath of the atmosphere around the poles, they make the gases their glow. And last, constellations. Have you ever spotted a familiar outline or shape in the sparkling stars of the night sky? You're not alone. For thousands of years, sky watchers from cultures all over the world have picked out patterns in the stars called constellations. Today, the International Astronomical Union recognizes 88 constellations. These represent all kinds of objects and creatures, as well as mythical figures. Star shapes that aren't official constellations, such as the Big Dipper and the Summer Triangle, are called asterisms. Most of the constellations that are visible in the night sky change with the seasons as Earth moves around the sun. This means the stars we see in summer are different from those we see in winter. Hey, let's take a trip into outer space. All right, let's get ready for a liftoff. Hip hip 
astronauts are often scientists who already know how to pilot an aircraft. To go into space, they must train for at least eight years. They learn to withstand the extreme conditions of space. They need to know how to deal with any situation and problem that may arise. There is no atmosphere in space to block the sun's harmful rays. It is very cold or very hot, and there is no air to breathe. The spacesuit is designed to protect the astronauts from these dangerous conditions. Sometimes it takes them hours to get dressed. Rocket engines are immensely powerful and able to propel the vehicles far above Earth. We first use these vehicles to launch satellites and then animals into space before sending human beings. Today, several countries are working together to build rockets. Every week, a rocket takes off somewhere in the world, carrying humans, equipment, or satellite into space. Launching into space. Attention, final countdown, 10, 9, 8, 7, ignition of main engine, 6, 5, 4, firing thruster stages, 3, 2, 1. We have liftoff! The rocket soars above the clouds, then the booster engines are cast away, and in three minutes, the rocket reaches space. The rocket jettisons its nose cone, then it stages. Less than 30 minutes after launch, its satellites or piloted capsule will assume an orbital trajectory and so begins the long journey around earth or farther in space.
ship, we're going to the moon. We're going on a rocket ship, we're leaving very soon. We're going on a rocket ship, zoom, zoom, zoom. We're going on a rocket ship, we're going to the moon. Prepare for liftoff. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. segment is presented by the Presley Learning Center. Super Science Kitchen Laboratory. There are fantastic things just waiting to happen by using the chemicals found in your kitchen cabinet. No need to buy a chemistry set. The concoctions you create will help you unlock the most amazing secrets of science. Each concoction is really a scientific experiment. Before you begin, learn to think like a scientist. Think science. Scientists and kids have something important in common. They both wonder why, and they both try to figure things out. Asking questions and finding answers is so important to scientists that they've developed an organized way to do this. It's called the scientific method. Steps for using the scientific method are wonder why, take a guess, test your guess, observe and record, get organized, what can you say, and share the results. Our super kitchen Laboratory today is acid egg bath. Give an egg an acid bath and you will get an egg that can bounce. What you need, one hard boiled egg, vinegar, and a jar with a lid. What you do, gently set the egg in a jar Pour enough vinegar to cover the egg. Observe what forms on the shell. Check the egg in about four hours and every hour thereafter. Remove the egg when the shell is soft. Amaze your friends 
by bouncing the egg. Classical music. Listening to classical music can be an enlightening, inspiring, or relaxing experience depending on your mood and what you're listening to. But you can't just play a song and immediately enjoy and understand it like you can with pop music. Appreciating and taking pleasure in classical music takes time and effort. It's something everyone can do. Whether you've dabbled in a little classical music before or never heard a single note, here's everything you need to know about classical music. What defines classical music? Classical music can be difficult to define. The term generally refers to music composed between 1750 and 1820. The music of Mozart, Haydn, and most of Beethoven falls under this category. People use the phrase classical music at the beginning of the 19th century to describe a dazzling new era in music that fell between Bach and Beethoven. Although you don't need to fully understand the definition of classical music to enjoy it, it certainly helps if you can comprehend that music is constantly being refined. While Beethoven, Mozart, and Haydn will always have their place in classical music, the genre didn't begin with them and it certainly didn't end with them. Classical music lives on today with composers writing scores for film productions, orchestras, solo performers, and more. There are even some bands and artists performing today whose songs are greatly influenced by classical music. Why should you listen to classical music? Listening to classical music isn't just an enjoyable hobby for people who like the genre. Scientific studies have proven there's a host of benefits you can gain if you embrace classical composers. Here are just a few to motivate you. Number one, decrease stress levels. Listening to music can trigger positive chemical reactions in the brain, helping to reduce levels of stress and depression. Number two, improve the quality of sleep. In studies, student sleep patterns were greatly improved when they spent 45 minutes listening to classical music before going to bed. Number three, 
Speed up the thought process. Brain activity is improved when listening to classical music. This means you can perform tasks quicker with better results. Number four, reduce pain. Classical music helps sufferers tune out the pain by increasing the brain's reward center. Number five, help express emotions. Many people connect to classical music when going through a difficult emotional time and use it as a coping mechanism. The notes can express feelings in a way we could never put into words and they help us be more honest with ourselves. How to listen to classical music. The first rule of classical music for beginners is don't force yourself to listen to pieces you don't like. As with any type of music, you'll find some songs you love, some you like, some you dislike, and some you really hate. You have no obligation to like a piece of music just because someone said it was a true masterpiece. Approach everything with an open mind, but know that if something isn't your thing, that's fine. Invest in quality equipment. Classical music is at its finest when it's played with a decent level of quality, one you won't get through your phone or computer speakers. You don't need to spend a small fortune, but a proper pair of headphones with a good response and without pumped up bass is a great place to start. Listen to classical music radio stations. The easiest way to discover the plethora of past and current composers is to listen to classical music radio channels. Classical webcast has a vault of 160 different channels which you can listen to online for free. If you're struggling to choose from so many, some of the most popular include BBC Radio 3, Classical FM, and Classical WETA. Search for the emotion in each piece. Classical music song titles are rarely overly descriptive. So a lot of the time, you've got to figure out the emotion for each piece yourself. Blissfulness, yearning, bitterness, rage, sadness. Look at each piece as a whole and try to settle on an emotion that best describes what you're hearing. Close your eyes and visualize. 
Imagination is a huge part of listening to classical music for beginners. When you're really enjoying a piece, close your eyes and let your mind be filled with images. Whether you picture the orchestra, solo artists playing the piece, a tale of events unfolding, or a series of colors, visualizing what you can hear will help you understand the music. Follow your favorites. As you're listening to the music, make a note of any composers that spark something within you. When you're done listening, look up those composers online and learn more about them or search for them on YouTube or Spotify and see if you can listen to any more of their things online. Let's listen to Prelude from Bach Cello Suite 3 by Sage. Sage is the grandson of Mr. and Mrs. Presley. He learned to read and write when he was two years old, and he could perform complex math problems at the age of three. Sage is a violinist, a violist, and a composer. He has a bachelor's and master's degree from University of South Florida in Tampa in music composition and music performance. He has done studies in music at Florida State University in Tallahassee, George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, and St. Michael's College in Colchester, Vermont. He has performed with violinist and songwriter Lindsey Sterling and other famous artists. Sage is 22 years old. Thank you. 
selection by Sage, grandson of Mr. and Mrs. Presley. I'm Lupita Nyong'o and I wrote a book called Sulwe and I'm going to read it to you right now. Sulwe was born the color of midnight. She looked nothing like her family not even a little, not even at all. Mama was the color of dawn, Baba the color of dusk, and Mitch, her sister, was the color of high noon. Hardly anyone at school looked like Suwe either. People gave her sister, Mitch, pet names like Sunshine and Ray and Beauty. People gave Suwe names like Blackie and Darkie and Night. Suwe felt hurt every time. So she hid away while her sister made lots of friends. Suwe dreamed of being the same color as her sister. She wanted real friends too. So. She got the biggest eraser she could find and tried to rub off a layer or two of her darkness. That hurt. She crept into Mama's room and helped herself to her makeup. Oh no, she would hear about this from Mama. She's made a big mess. Suwe decided to work from the inside out and ate only the lightest, brightest foods. With a stomach ache, she went to bed early and turned to God for a miracle. Dear Lord, why do I look like midnight when my mother looks like dawn? Please make me as fair as the parents I'm from. I want to be beautiful not just to pretend. I want to have daylight. I want to have friends. If you hear me, my Lord, and would like to comply, may I wake up as bright as the sun in the sky. Amen.
When Mama came in to wake her for school the next morning, Suwei rose to find not a trace of daylight in her midnight skin. Suwei told Mama everything. Mama asked, What is your name? Suwei, she muttered. And what does it mean? Star, Suwei whispered. Brightness is not in your skin, my love. Brightness is just who you are. As for beauty, Mama said, rubbing Suwei's stomach the way she always did to comfort her. You are beautiful. Suwei sighed. Well, you're beautiful to me. But you can't rely on what you look like to make you feel beautiful, my sweet. Real beauty comes from your mind and your heart. It begins with how you see yourself, not how others see you. Now, up you get and out you go. How could she, as dark as she was, have brightness in her? How could she have beauty when no one but her mother seemed to see it? How could she be a star? That night, a shooting star appeared at Suwei's window. The night sent me, the star said, come with me. Suwei hopped onto the star and off they went. Long ago, at the beginning of time, said the star, there was night and day and they were sisters. They loved each other very much, but people didn't treat the sisters the same. People gave day pet names like lovely and nice and pretty. People gave night names like scary and bad and ugly. She felt hurt every time. Well, Knight got fed up and walked right off the earth. Day stayed behind and enjoyed making everybody happy in the sun. But then Day grew too long. Day began to really miss her sister. So did everybody else. There had to be a way to get her back. Day set off to find Night. And she did. I miss you, said Day. I miss you too, said Night. But you don't know what it's like to be treated badly for being dark. You're right, I don't. 
Day replied. But what I do know is that we need you just the way you are. Come and see. Night returned and the people rejoiced. We need the darkest night to get the deepest rest. We need you so that we can grow and dream and keep our secrets to ourselves. The stars chimed in. Brightness isn't just for daylight. Light comes in all colors and some light can only be seen in the dark. While day had a golden glow, with night, everything had a silver sheen, elegant and fine. Day told her sister, when you are darkest is when you are most beautiful. It's when you are most you. Could it be that night did not need to change? Not even a little? Not even at all? Now that night and day were back together, a little bit of night returned to day in the form of shadows, and a little bit of day returned to night in the form of moonlight. They were inseparable from that moment on and promised to celebrate the brightness in each other whether people chose to see it or not. You see, the star explained, we need them both on their sunniest day and their darkest night and every shade in between. Together, they make the world we know light and dark, strong and beautiful. The next morning, Sulwe rose beaming. There would be no hiding anymore. She belonged out in the world, dark and beautiful, bright and strong. And if she ever needed a reminder of her brightness, she could look up at the sky on the darkest night and see for herself. Suwe felt beautiful inside and out. The end. Thank you for listening. In the words of Mrs. Bernice Presley, you are someone special, outstanding dignitary. Have a great day.